a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, I'm going to talk about canon versus legends in the Star Wars galaxy, because I know as a new fan, that might be kind of a confusing distinction, and uh, I'm not going to have too much of a script for it. I'm actually not going to have a script at all. It's just going to be off the dome, kind of talking to talk, and this is a topic that I find kind of fascinating. So, uh, without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! So, um, essentially, I'm just going to start by defining the term. So, canon refers to anything within the Star Wars timeline that actually exists. According to Lucasfilm, according to Disney, they define what in any Star Wars property is considered quote-unquote canon. So, obviously... All of the movies are considered canon. TV shows like The Clone Wars, not the 2D animated, but the 3D animated one. Star Wars Rebels, The Mandalorian, uh, Resistance, Bad Batch, all those kinds of shows. And then any written, uh, so that means like novels or comics or video game properties that have been produced by Lucasfilm since they, or since by Disney since they acquired Lucasfilm back in 2012. So, this is where the contention kind of starts to come in because up until Disney acquired Star Wars and Lucasfilm in 2012, there was what was called the EU or the Extended Universe that had been developed for many, many years following the events of um, Episode 6 coming out. So after that, there was a series of books written by Timothy Zahn about a character named Grand Admiral Thrawn and sort of how he affected galactic politics following the events of Return of the Jedi. And uh, obviously, Grand Admiral Thrawn has since been brought into canon, although those stories of Heir to the Empire, Shadow of the Empire, all that sort of stuff are no longer canon, much to most fans' dismay. Uh, that sort of kick-started what is known as the Extended Universe. And for the most part, it was um, a lot of independent creators that were writing these stories in either comic book or um, novel form that uh, a sort of expanded upon unresolved eras within the Star Wars galaxy, such as the events after Return of the Jedi, the events between um, episodes 3 and 4, and the events of the Clone Wars and stuff like that. So, um, for the most part, they uh, were, were pretty independent of each other, but they did go through Lucasfilm every once in a while to sort of maintain consistency and sort of achieve their status of canon within this sort of informal continuity. And this is something that a lot of fans were really passionate about. Uh, I can't say, this is a full disclaimer, I'm coming at this topic as someone who doesn't know too much about the old EU. I know about Mara Jade, very basically, who was Luke Skywalker's wife in the old EU, Legends Now. I know very vaguely about the Heir to the Empire storyline, and books that I've read are things more from the Old Republic, uh, which is another really, really popular uh, EU property, uh, such as the Darth Bane trilogy, all the uh, supplementary novels from the video games and stuff like that. So, um, just as, like, once again, I know that there are some people that probably take this a lot more seriously than I do. I personally uh, 
sort of just roll with the punches. I try to cover stuff that mainly falls into Disney's current canon. Um, but I just I want to talk about sort of the distinctions because I think it's kind of difficult to to understand what is and isn't canon. So like an example of something that Disney did create that isn't canon is not is uh, Star Wars Visions. That was the anime project that they came out with in the fall of 2021. They're coming out with season two of it uh, in the spring of 2023. And it was really awesome because it was a bunch of, once again, a bunch of independent storytellers that essentially just made Star Wars stories without any strings attached to the uh, the continuity of the greater storyline. They just got to tell amazing stories and that was really, really cool. And I hope that Disney does more with that in the future where they just sort of give the creator the reins and they can do with it what they will because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So let me break down what is and isn't canon. Once again, I don't have a script. I'm just kind of going off the off the dome. So I don't know how long I'm going to talk about this. But there's a certain hierarchy for what trumps what when it comes to canon. On the very top are the movies. Um, and it can be understood why. that That's the main focal point of the franchise. That's where it all started. That's what George Lucas uh, was directly involved in. So episodes one through six, and I suppose now all the spinoffs from Disney, are considered true canon. And uh, moving down like just one more peg in the echelon, it's the other visual media, which encompasses the shows. So things like, once again, The Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, Rebels, Resistance. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I'm missing some. Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Those are all considered canon as well. And those come with their own sort of gripes. I've seen recently, I watched this video about why Dave Filoni is essentially very dangerous and very, like, um, it's a very dangerous person when it comes to Star Wars canon because he takes so much liberty with what he does and doesn't consider in his properties, which I can ex- I can accept and acknowledge to an extent. But for the most part, I can understand that it's he. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't understand and don't acknowledge the fact that George Lucas was heavily, heavily, heavily involved in creating the Clone Wars. They think that it was just Dave Filoni and it was sort of a little passion project for Lucasfilm Animations. That's not the case at all. It was a passion project for George Lucas. And if you watch these really interesting behind-the-scenes shorts for the show, Dave Filoni respects the lore of the EU to an insane degree. He really, really does care but at the same time, he cares about creating a cohesive story. And so he always checked with George and with the Holocron Keeper. I don't remember what his name is. Uh, one second, let me look it up. So the Holocron Keeper for Lucasfilm was a guy named Leland Chi. And uh, he was essentially in charge of making sure all the continuity lined up across all the different platforms, whether it was novels or um, shows or movies. All that stuff, he was kind of the guy in charge of making sure everything flowed together, which is a really cool job, I gotta say. Um, but I know that Dave Filoni was definitely very involved with talking to him and talking to George about what should and shouldn't be changed from canon. And I know that a lot of people think, uh, a lot of people do get upset. The Clone Wars is my favorite bit of Star Wars content there is, personally. But I do- also don't have much attachment to anything else in the EU. That was something that I grew up with. I didn't grow up reading the novels or anything like that. Um, So I am definitely biased. I can acknowledge that. But I gotta say, um, 
I, I do think that people sometimes unfairly uh, label Dave Filoni as sort of careless or um, sort of uh, indifferent about the EU when he definitely draws a lot of inspiration from it. But even George Lucas himself has said, yes, he has a lot. He loved the EU. He definitely had a lot of respect for it. But all it was at the end of the day for him and for Lucasfilm were possibilities. It wasn't anything of true significance until it was committed to the big screen in George Lucas's mind. Um, and I, I think that that's something to keep in mind. I don't want to minimize what these stories mean to people, but at the end of the day, I think it's important to remember that what happens on screen is unfortunately what goes. And I say unfortunately because I don't like what happened on screen in the sequels. I think that that was very disrespectful, but the main reason that I have issues with it is because it's not directly involved with George Lucas. George Lucas could have put in time travel, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I would like it, but I'd be able to accept it a little more because it's George Lucas and Star Wars is his thing. But the issue that I tend to have with Disney is that I feel like they're more concerned with making money. I don't feel like they care as much about the story other than people like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, who I've gotten to be a little wary of recently, gotta say. I don't know. I don't know who to blame for some of the recent things like Kenobi or Book of Boba Fett. There's just so much oversight that seems to have happened on those shows, and I don't know who's to blame. But um, but I just gotta say, I, I acknowledge that they're not the best. I hope that Andor and, and Mando Season 3 and all that stuff uh, are handled with more grace. I think that... Um, I think that they will be just because I think that those characters, you don't have quite as much of a, a mental, um, you don't have as much mental context for what they should be like. You know what I mean? As compared to Boba Fett and, and Obi-Wan. But I don't even know. I, once again, this, this has been such a rambling episode, but all this to say, the movies and the shows trump everything else when it comes to continuity, and that tends to be where people get upset. The biggest thing that I've heard of recently has been the Bad Batch Season 1 retconning an entire comic line about how Kane and Jarrah survived Order 66. And I can understand why people are upset by that, because there was really no reason to do that. They could either incorporate the Bad Batch into that story separately, or they could have used a completely different Jedi. I can acknowledge that that was a bit of a blunder, and I'm not entirely sure what purpose it served, other than to have someone that we're... Um, emotionally attached to like Kane and be involved, but uh, between that, I, I'm honestly, I I'm pretty cool with it. That's my two cents on on the new canon. I'm pretty cool. I like the idea of having a centralized canon that everyone sort of uh is collaborating on, even if it might be. I don't know. It's I I just I get very nervous about Lucasfilm personally. And I, uh, and I mean, hey, if they want to give me the reins, I would be more than happy to take over. I gotta say, um, I think I, I think I have a pretty good grasp on what's going on. But who knows? Um, that being said, I have no idea what just went on in this episode. I'm not gonna lie; I could have just talked for a while, and uh, could have been nothing. Could have been something. I hope y'all enjoyed. Let me know if y'all want me to talk about this more in a more structured way. But uh, I was just kind of talking to myself for a while, and I'm not really... I think I might have talked to myself in a big circle, but... Big picture. There wasn't a U. It is no longer canon because Disney... Whenever Disney took over, they kind of struck it from the record. And now people are upset about that. 
and shows and TV, uh, shows and movies are what matter most when it comes to canon books and comics or supplemental. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, I'm going to do a little quick review. It's not going to be anything super special, but uh, let's do I've Spoken real quick. I have spoken. So I just finished reading a new novel called Shadow of the Sith, and I won't give too much away. I got to say, I didn't like this quite as much as Brotherhood. It was all right, but um, it was a very interesting book. It's set 13 years before Revenge of the Sith, or not Revenge of the Sith, 14, 13 years before The Force Awakens, Episode 7, and it sort of follows that storyline that's mentioned in Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, where Ochi of Bestoon, this old Jedi hunter, was hunting down Rey's parents and uh, ends up killing Rey's parents, as we see in The Rise of Skywalker. But it's kind of following that storyline and how it interweaves with the story of Luke and Lando at the time. And there's definitely a, a lot of very interesting stuff in there. I think they, they released an excerpt, which is a little bit of a bait-and-switch because it had... I, I if, if you don't want any spoilers, then stop listening, I guess, or skip ahead to the more. But um, I'm just going to talk about it for like 10 seconds. It, it, like the, the, the excerpt showed Anakin's Force Ghost coming to save Luke, and it was a whole thing. But that, that's a very small part of the novel. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely a very interesting book, and it helped me sort of appreciate the era of the sequels a little bit more. I can't say that it made me like any of the decisions that the sequels made anymore, but I can definitely appreciate like where the character of Luke is in the time of The Last Jedi, how Lando was involved in his story, I think I like the character of Ochi Bestoon a lot, and uh, I kind of want to learn more about him. There's there's a lot that's like okay, I can kind of understand that. Um, kind of gave a little more context about Rey. Very cool. Definitely not in my top ten Star Wars books of all time, but I, I would recommend it. I would say it's a solid read. I wouldn't say you gotta read it, but it, it's it's cool. Um, so that being said. This wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. So today's more is that George Lucas, back in 2012, sold Star Wars for $4 billion in a combination of cash and stock, but uh, those 37 million shares over the years have grown to a value of $7.4 billion. Um, and this is according to uh, Marka.com. But... Um, I just think that that's wild. I think that Star Wars is worth more than that, personally. But um, I'm glad that he's getting shares and that he's getting some some extra interest on that. And I hope that George Lucas comes in and works on some stuff in the future because I think that that would increase my enjoyment of them for sure. That being said, uh, that's about all that I have for today's episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, at Talks. We do a lot of extra fun content there. Um, same on YouTube. I repost everything from Instagram there. Uh, just search up twinsuntalks.com, or not twinsuntalks.com, twinsuntalks podcast. And uh, all of my podcast episodes are up there as well. And make sure that you follow and listen wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever by searching up Twin Sun Talks. And yeah, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye, Regs.